Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast, where we talk to inspirational business leaders in our community that inspire us to lead a life full of wisdom and build a business as worthy of our wildest dreams. I'm your host, Leo Chen. I'm a tech entrepreneur, real estate advisor, and investor located right here in sunny coastal Orange County, California. And the goal of this podcast is to expand your mind and share what's possible. Okay. Okay. Totally. Hello. <laughs> Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast. Um, I'm uh, excited to be on live with you today, uh, but um, I have a special friend and uh, mentor friend, um, business partners, um, and uh, now podcast guest. Uh, Andrea Duane is on here with us and um, I love to talk with her because she's just a, a wealth of knowledge and um, just her entire vibe um, will be very, very inspiration to all of you guys out there uh, listening. If you don't know Andrea, you know, uh, you will get to know a lot about her and also her area and her ex expertise in both real estate and business. And uh, let's get started. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Leo. Thank you for having me. It's I'm so honored to be here and chat with you and your and your listeners. I, I think about you all the time and I'm like, okay, when am I going to have Andrea doing on? When am I going to have Andrea doing on? Because we've known each other for so many years and I just felt like I know so much, but I want to make it you know, impactful for people out there to really, really get to know you. And so there was some um, scheduling and some delays and uh, for me to kind of just wrap my head around like, how do I interview one of my best friends you know, in my inner circle? So uh, thank yeah. you for taking the time. I appreciate you so much. Um, so for people People that are out there have not um, seen you or known about you. Um, can you uh, give us some, first of all, background on geography, like what part of the world you are in? And then uh, we can talk a little bit more about your, your business and real estate in general. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Leo. So um, geographically speaking, I am located about 45 minutes east of Sacramento in El Dorado Hills. So geographically, I'm in between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe, and I serve the tri-county areas of El Dorado, Sacramento, and Placer counties. So three very small uh, communities um, and with a lot of small cities and towns. Uh, we are the foothills, and we have fantastic amenities from being outdoors to, you know, just a great community vibe. So a lot of people really tend to migrate to our small town. Um, I've been here over 30 years and it was, I moved from San Diego to here and it was like a little cow town back in the day. And now it's, it's grown so much. So people just love to, to come here. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that um, a part of our state here in California, and it's kind of a little uh, pocket there. And uh, give us a sense, like what kind of uh, town is it, uh, specifically El Dorado Hills? Is it uh, what drives, you know, the town? Is it more suburb? And, you know, what 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 kind of people would, you know, want to consider moving there? Because there's so much uh, movement around now, right now around the country. Yeah, so we are a kind of a destination market for affordability from a California perspective. While we're still 
you know, more expensive than, say, the high desert. Uh, we get a lot of implants from the Bay Area because we're only about an hour, 45 minutes to two hours from uh, the Bay Area. So we're a much more affordable market. People come here for the great schools, uh, the family friendly environment, the fact that we have the lakes and wineries and, you know, a lot of outdoor activities. So people come here for the lifestyle, for that a little bit more elbow room and you get a lot more bang for your buck here than you would in the surrounding communities of say napa tahoe and san francisco so kind of the the without it being some of those uh really well-known areas you get to kind of have like this quiet family life you know where everybody knows everybody and are really just uh, growing their family raising their kids and all that kind of stuff um it, it, so very much a suburb kind of thing but also uh, accessible like you said right for uh to lake tahoe to uh sacramento to uh, the bay area how far are you from say the bay area so we're depending on traffic uh we're about an hour and 45 minutes to three hours from the bay area all traffic dependent but that's why people love to come here is you can be in tahoe in an hour and a half you can be in napa in you know a couple hours you can be in santa cruz in three hours so everything's a great weekend or day trip away um and so you know we're we kind of landed on the map people know folsom we're the next town next to folsom so everyone says folsom prison yes the Folsom prison is also a town we serve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but still a very, very family friendly. And so when you were living in San Diego, what caused you to move to uh, El Dorado or El Dorado Hills? So, yeah, so I was a teenager then, uh, so I really didn't have a say. Uh, my parents separated and that's what brought us up to Northern California. And I've really been here since um, February of 89. Um, so for a really long time now. <laughs> yeah, well, um, same thing here in Orange County, like a lot of uh, the areas here, it was orchards and, you know, we had, you know, cows roaming uh, probably up until the late 90s at least. And then mm -hmm. sheep, you know, going across the hills until like there's just no more uh, hills, green hills for them to roll over because there are houses on it. So. We know back then, um, you know, some of these areas just um, so beautiful, like we'll never really see that anymore. And so it has grown um, a lot. And so over the pandemic, you are seeing a lot of movement, you know, to your area. Yes, we we saw a tremendous amount of inbound from the Bay Area um, specifically, uh, which really accelerated our market um, as you know, remote working became more feasible for everybody. We certainly saw a lot of a lot more people say, OK, they probably fast forwarded their plan of relocating here for the sake of their children or retirement. Um, so that just happened more you know, organically due to the pandemic. But we, we have Bay Area transplants here all the time. I jokingly tell my clients that are coming from the Bay Area, you're probably going to know someone <laughs> yeah. from the Bay when you get here. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, so they're there because okay, we have more room, and uh, more we can get more space, and for a much uh, you know less price point, correct? Correct. You can get a lot more home. Um, you can get a great school, and you don't have to send your kids to private school. Our public schools are eights, nines, and tens, um, which is relatively unheard of. Most people in the Bay are having to put their children in private school to get uh, the higher level of education. Um, and instead of getting a, you know, 15, 16, 1700 square foot home, um, they can get a 3000 square foot home with a pool and, you know, something really nice for a million dollars where that gets them entry level in their market. 
Great. That's awesome. That's what I was going to ask next, because there may be a lot of people who are maybe not from Northern California and are kind of looking around like, hey, where can we get kind of best of everything? Uh, that's one of the things I love about Southern California here, too, is we're like an hour and a half from the mountains, the Big Bear, you know, and then an hour from L.A. if we wanted entertainment or, you know, ball games and, you know, stadiums and things like that. An hour from San Diego where we are like literally bordering, you know, Mexico, you know, uh, so so. So, and then ocean, you know, right there next to us. So we can go and uh, ski or snowboard uh, and go to the beach and surf on the same day. And a lot of people love that. However, if I talk to a hundred people, I may talk to maybe one or two that actually does that. <laughs> so it's just like right. an imaginary thing, right? Yeah, yeah. We can head up to Sierra Tahoe in an hour. So you can have a half day, you know, on the mountain and then a half work day. It's it's really great. Yeah, so. beautiful, beautiful. Um, so um, let's talk about real estate because that's uh, the yeah. business that we're in. And um, you have a long history, you know, with this business. And so uh, take me back a little bit, you know, about like, what sparked you this you know down this path and it's been been you know a life i know you very well so it's been like a life long you know love of doing real estate and helping people but there has to be some sort of spark in the beginning so take us back a little bit yeah i'm gonna take you quite a ways back so this is my 19th year in the business and um so what sparked me and got me really interested in getting into real estate was um getting pregnant with our third daughter and uh, we lived in a three bedroom, two bath, 1000 square foot home, which obviously a family of five, that is really a tight fit <laughs> for us. So we realized we needed one more room and um, we sought out the help of one of our good friends who is still a dear, dear friend of ours, but he was brand new in the business and we're all new at some point. So, so in saying that, um, there's a, a lot of grace, but it was a really challenging experience because we had only bought one home. We'd never sold a home and we really had very little experience in buying or selling um, in our very early 20s. And so that was kind of the catalyst because it forced me to get more involved in the process, finding really we found our own home and um, we, I just felt lost in the process essentially. And I just felt like there has to be a better way to, to do this, to sell homes. But I also kind of got bit by the real estate bug. And so um, shortly after Chloe, my youngest was old enough, I got my real estate license um, at the end of 2004. So I jumped into the market in 05 and experienced a lot of different markets since then. So that's really what got me started in real estate was the fact that we had to sell and buy a home and we had very little guidance um so i have a lot of respect for people who started their business you know around that time whether it's the run-up you know oh three oh four oh five oh six oh seven like hey the party's not going to stop or <laughs> and then all of a sudden you know somebody pulls the cord right and i had to go through that and then continue you know working in, in real estate how, how was that for you in those you know a handful of years especially being in, in the business less than five years right yeah so you know a couple things one 
all I knew with regard to the market was that it changed overnight. Um, it really felt like one minute the housing market was on fire and then the next it was like, oh, it's really quiet. It's very different. Um, and so because I didn't know any different, all I knew was how to pivot and adjust. So this is where the market was. This is where the market's going. Um, and just kind of, I think, innately knowing don't listen to the talk at the office or the water cooler talk like you're going to you can buy into whatever conversation is happening. Um, it was a really challenging time for people um, in real estate having really hard conversations at someone's kitchen table. Um, you know, it, there was a lot of heartache and it was really, really hard, but it it taught me a lot of um, you know, it, it really just opened my eyes to the situation um, around us and to really be a student of the market. So in order to best help our clients, like you have to have a deep understanding of what's happening in the market, whatever the market's doing. And the market's always changing. It's it's never the same. So even when it feels neutral, it's still changing. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of us who are in uh, this business, uh, we're very empathetic because we want to help. We want to get from uh, people from point A to point B. And a lot of times they don't know what their point B looks like, you know, if they're in underwater or something like that. I mean, I remember that time I wasn't in real estate at that time, but just a lot of people, uh, you know, had, you know, issues. They don't know what to do next and they had to kind of bail out, you know, and somebody people literally just abandoned their homes because it was more expensive to, you know, have it than not have it and just walk away. And so uh, it's a really, really difficult time. And uh, same thing like you uh, getting into the business too. Uh, I was just reflecting on what you said, like, oh, you know, I got bit because um, I uh, went through my own experience and I thought that there should be a better way of buying and selling real estate and I'm going to come in and I'm going to do it better, you know, yeah. and, and similarly with me, uh, a bit a little later in life is that I worked in tech. And then when I came in, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, the tech, the tech in the real estate was a mess. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. This is how you do it. Like, no way, you know, and so same kind it's of evolved thing. a lot in the 20 year, almost 20 years, you know, what we used to do and yeah, what we do yeah. now is like night and day. Yeah. yeah, and and it's uh, it's gotten better, and I think a lot of uh, credit to social media because it allow real estate agents to see what other people are doing and then be able to learn from it and do better. Uh, where mm -hmm. prior to that, like if you didn't have a big, you know, uh, inner circle of people of agents that you were engaging with, like you were out. You didn't. You were left by yourself to try to figure out, you know, how to set up processes and systems, which we both just love so much because that's how we can um, we can leverage, you know, our time, our team, and um, our business growth and revenue. Um, so uh, you mentioned you were bit by the real estate bug. What 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 was that feeling like? I, I know a lot of people out there right now also talking talking to me like they have some interest they may have watched some shows they may have you know asked chat gpt what it's like to, to to do real estate they have something there but they don't really know so how what was that like for you yeah i think for me it was really just the feeling of not feeling supported and not having someone who could help me understand what was gonna happen, right? What did any of the contract mean? I, I just felt like uh, we were floundering um, and trusting the guidance of someone who didn't really know much more than we did, which was almost nothing. Um, and so I just felt like at the end of the day, um, I didn't want someone to feel the way I felt 
selling our home or buying our home. And so I just thought, you know, I, I just found a passion in it. Um, it just spoke to me um, in a way that I thought, <clears throat> well, this would really work for me with my children being younger, it would give me the flexibility to go pick my kids up and, and do the things. And, and that is somewhat of a truth and a fallacy at the same time, Leo, you and I know this, right? Um, there were definitely times where I missed opportunities to be with my children uh, because I had to show homes. But then there was also a lot of times that I was able to take advantage of being, um, you know, at their soccer games or whatever, because you make your own schedule. So um, it, it allowed me flexibility and freedom um, and a ceilingless income. Yeah, and, and that's a really, really great point because um, a lot of people get into the business. They're like, um, I want more time. I want more freedom to myself. But they don't realize that when you take on a client, you have obligations, right? They expect these things from you and you have to show up. And and when you start having multiple clients, you have to show up, show up, show up, show up. And uh, now if you've taken care of them and you had a really streamlined process, um, again, you know, back to the systems and processes, then you can leverage your time better, you know, uh, being able to batch your appointments so that they're done in an afternoon so that you're not like driving one place and go back and drive again the next day and that kind of thing um, goes a long ways. But we don't we don't all get into business knowing, you know, how to do that. And we kind of just, you know, learn by doing um, so uh, you're absolutely right. And so it's it, it is a fallacy like coming in if you're not organized then you are not going to have the time you wanted to, to do the things that you want to do because it'll be gobbled up by your disorganization, which unfortunately I see a lot of agents do, especially the ones that are, um, you know, kind of been around uh, a bit, but they didn't get the right uh, coaching or education. And so they just kind of try to do it themselves, but not have any outside input like, hey, you know, if you did this and this, you know, you can save you know, two hours, you know, so, so, uh, so we do, we do our best. Like I'm always, you know, if I'm talking to agents, I always like share with like, oh, so, you know, you don't have time. Why is that? You know? Um, oh, okay. You know, I did this thing. Maybe it'll work for you. Right. Right. And time blocking is if you're not time blocking, uh, you're wasting a lot of time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it sounds counterintuitive again, like if I block it, then I'm like, you know, locked in or something like that. And, um, but it's, it's really the opposite, you know, organization creates freedom for you, yes, you know, so, um, as well as having your own business and running your own business can create freedom for you if you are uh, organized and doing the right things. So you got bit by the, uh, real estate bug. And so, um, the first, uh, you know, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the downturn and we're, we're kind of going through a bit of a downturn here. Um, although I don't think it's quite nearly, you know, as bad, but it is bad for a lot of people. You know, that's 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 just make sure that we call that out because it's it's the truth. Um, there's, a, you know, a, a third or even less of the inventory and available um, homes to that uh, are going up for sale. And so there's less for people to buy from. And then it just kind of feeds on upon itself. There's not enough. You know, we have only about a month, maybe at the most a month and a half worth of inventory, you know, where right. we normally have, you know, anywhere from three to six. Right. Um, and so it's got put a crunch on people. And so are you seeing kind of the same thing in your area? Yeah, we've seen quite a few kind of 
waves and shifts throughout the market in our area specifically. So we slowed down pretty dramatically um, kind of the summer of 2022 a little reminiscent of the summer of 20 or of 2005, right? One day it was moving along and then the next day, you know, the market kind of just went really uh, quiet. And that's, you know, was a direct result of, you know, the interest rates doubling in the matter of months. Um, but what we're seeing now, so we had a, a quite a lull in the marketplace um, through fall, winter, which to some degree is cyclical for uh, the real estate market. Like you can predict without, uh, you know, much risk kind of where the market cycle is going to come just based on the seasonality of the market. Um, but we're seeing a couple things right now. You, you pretty much were spot on, Leo, with we don't have enough inventory to support the demand that's still there despite um, the higher interest rates. Um, but we're also, you know, really just seeing the spring activity coming back into the marketplace, but more flexibility um, for some buyers still with repairs and things of that nature that didn't exist in the pre in the pandemic market. So we've kind of shifted into a more, uh, you know, neutral, normal market from that overly accelerated space we were in, but we're starting to see multiple offers come back into our marketplace. I was actually just talking to an agent in Austin and they seem to be in a position where we were already at because their market continued to accelerate while we were decelerating. Um, and now they're kind of in that shifting decelerating market. So we kind of went from on fire to decelerating to very quiet and still, and now we're picking up more momentum and steam from uh, for the spring market, which which is to be expected this time of year. So, um, I don't think that we're going to you know have a a rock and roll sort of year. Um, I think there's still a lot of opportunities, but it's still a very challenging market right now for um, some people. And pricing, as you know, is is really critical. Yeah, that's the key word, right, for everybody out there um, uh, is that there's a lot of opportunities. But if you kind of just wrote yourself off, then you're not going to capture any. And you can wait and it's totally fine to wait. Um, but there's no guarantees. Things are going to go down. And if anything was going to kind of drop in price, it already kind of has because of the higher interest rates. Um, but uh, but I think we're we're kind of seeing the same thing that the, the one takeaway I have for that is that things changes very quickly. So you get to stay on top with your real estate agent and like, hey, so what, what's been happening in the last, say, three months? You know, we used to have this thing where it's like a, it's like a, a 12 months, you know, movement, you know, from year to year. Now it seems like it changes per quarter, right? So if you're not on top of it, by the time you're ready to do something, you may already be too late and miss your opportunity or your window or your buy box, meaning like I want the interest rates to be this and I want this kind of pricing. You could kind of miss out and then kind of would shift into the next gear. Right. Correct. It's it's very fluid right now. So, um, you know, what happened last month is not happening this month and what's happening this month probably will be different. Right. So, um it's kind of the flow that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, so I want to segue a little bit here. Um, you and I were talking um, about uh, just uh, kind of um, our overall experience. You have more, many more years than I have in the business and have much more wisdom to, to share with everyone, which is why I so much wanted you to come on. Um, but uh, you went through a period, I mean, and, and I think, you know, a good portion of people go through this is, they go in the business, they can see that there's more work than they can handle themselves. So they take on, 
you know, uh, other partnerships and things like that and uh, try to kind of see if they can do more business uh, in shorter amount of time uh, and but working with other people to try to see if they can, you know, uh, kind of team up, if you will. Um, you you went in through something like that that really made a big impact in how you went from kind of an individual to sort of a partnership and then coming out of it to like, hey, this is what I learned. Can you share that story with us? Yes, um, absolutely. So um, in 2008, obviously, I had three young children. Um, I ended up getting into a uh, doing some research, but I've learned at this point in my life, uh, not enough, but you always are learning, um, got into a partnership with um, a couple agents. And we created a team back in 2008 before teams were like the thing to be. Um, and we had that team for eight years. And um, I learned a lot in that. It, and the reason that I went into that team was for time leverage um, more than anything. Um, I probably produced 70 to 75% of the business for the team, um, but it afforded me time with my children. It allowed me to spend time at the soccer game or take a vacation. And um, that freedom was worth it for me um, at the time. But as time went on, the relationship just... Um, we didn't see eye to eye and it was getting to the point of being more or less a toxic space. And I decided uh, that I either needed to get out of the business entirely or change my situation. Um, and it was really the hardest thing I've done in my business to this day. Um, it really felt like a separation and a divorce because essentially it kind of was. And so, you know, 12-ish, 13 years in the business, I had to then kind of rebuild my business almost from the ground up, having experience, you know, under my belt and some of my database left intact, but really kind of starting over and saying, what do I want the rest of my business to look like? Um, and having left a, a space, I took what I've learned. And then, you know, as I like to say, I just fell forward. Like I just fail forward over and over again. And I tend to learn more from failing than I do from my successes, because when you succeed, you don't always acknowledge like, that you're kicking ass, right? You just see when you're like, oh, that didn't work. Pivot, adjust. How do I fix that? But, you know, if you don't see that failure in a positive way, or how can I not do that again? Um, then I think you're going to continue to repeat that pattern. So for me, the biggest learning was, okay, I need to do, you know, I need to rebuild from the ground up. And then how do I want to see my business look and how do I want to take care of my clients going forward? Because the way it was happening, just, it was not uh, fulfilling my, my heart. And um, I just knew I needed to change something. So in the beginning of 2017, I completely uh, rebuilt my business from the ground up. <laughs> yeah. And so, so um, for, there are some partnerships that work and then, um, you know, have to be, you know, the right fit and stuff like that. Uh, could you kind of expand a little bit like what didn't exactly work? Um, and then uh, what was your vision, you know, after that, because you had to have your own vision of like, okay, how do I, you know, go on from here, uh, calling my own shots um, from there? Yeah, so I am, I'm a great team player. But I also don't like to micromanage, I like to know that whatever you say you're going to do, Leo, like you've got it. Um, and 
and I can let go of those reins. And then I also need to know that we're in alignment, right, with with our values and how we want to treat people going forward. And um, there just became this misalignment and um, energies within the team that, like I said, again, were toxic and it just didn't feel good to be in that environment. Um, and so it didn't feel like a positive place for me to continue to work, you know, uh, you know, I generally tend to be a really positive, upbeat human being. We all have our moments. Um, but when you take the joy out of what you do, then then it stops being fun, right? I, I, I love to have a great time selling real estate and helping my clients. But if you are not in alignment with your business partner, um, then I don't see something had to give, right? Um, and, and I stayed longer than I should have um, because I knew... Um, Financially, I was helping my partner. Uh, they were in a rough patch. Um, and so it just got to the point where I just couldn't do that anymore. Um, and so what I've learned is I needed to do more due diligence and, and deeper investigation into anyone else that I was going to bring into my world from that moment forward. So that was a huge learning lesson for me was just because we get along doesn't necessarily make us great business partners or working partners. And then wow. I also realized there could only be one boss and it probably should be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, the joyful aspect that I, I respect, you know, very much uh, because uh, that's that's how I see you. And um, anything other than that, it's just really uh, it's really difficult to get anything done. Uh, we know that a, a joyful, a fun task for you know, it may be fun for one person and may not be fun for, for another. But then, right. you know, working personalities you know some people are really joyful when they go out go out with their friends and they'll have a blast but then when they're working they're really not that joyful like they're like um uh, not that they're not focused or anything like that but they're 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 focused in a way that is not uh joyful and cohesive to work together with they may be like good good people that do really really good work when they're by themselves and that's just not you know who you are and it's not you know who i am either and a lot of times that that um causes issues because um, it's not fun i don't want to do it with you <laughs> kind of a thing right. right um and so we have to all follow you know follow our energy follow our path there because that's where the greatest leverage is going to come from if you did one day if you worked one day where you were kind of grinding away and it's not fun like you literally are depleted for the rest of the week where if you had a joyful day of doing something that you enjoy doing like that fuels you for the rest of the week like it's such a flip-flop like it could go like you know fall one way or the other and Absolutely. Um, i you think do that twice as much work if you're joyful and and you love what you do versus if it's draining to you, you'll do two times less the amount of work. So that's right. it's just, you know. That's, that's right. You'll never outcompete someone who's having the most fun at something that they're doing. A hundred percent. So um, so now uh, fast forward here to today, um, since 2017, um, can you give us uh, kind of what you have in place, the structure and the people that you have in place and uh, give us some kind of the, results till now like i know you have many more years to come <laughs> yeah i do see retirement in my future at some point but <laughs> we're all working on that we're all working hard on that and i'm, I'm here to help you every step of the way when are you gonna yeah. retire <laughs> exactly exactly so um so really i i rebuilt my team uh based on uh support um i really looked at 
where am I really strong? And then where am I naturally, where is it naturally not my gift? And then I hired for those aspects. Um, there's components of real estate um, that I don't enjoy. And, and no one enjoys every single aspect of real estate. There's a lot of paperwork and different things. And I'm best being face-to-face -face with, with you, my client, um, and really having that framework and foundation for how business works and flows, and then the team surrounding me to support me. So um, I built a support system and a support team and systems and processes like you know, Leo. Um, so I have two admin, and I currently also have a virtual um, assistant. And then I brought in a showing specialist in 2020, I believe. And then I recently brought her on as a member of our team. So it took me a really long time to actually bring another agent into the fold um, after the team experience, just because personally I wasn't ready and I didn't really want to be responsible for anyone else. But I mentored um, Rochelle, who's on my team for a couple of years as, a, as my showing specialist. And it just felt like a very good uh, organic cohesive fit. And so that is essentially now the structure of my team. Yeah, I, I, I kind of um, I love that your clarity around who exactly you want to work with um, that clarity and that uh, specific type of person that that um, you want. And then you also give the time to kind of see how they work, uh, even though you you can see that that maybe uh, could be a good working relationship. But then you also give them the time to say, like, hey, let's try this. Let's you know, give it a shot and then you kind of evaluate, hey, is this working before you actually make a full commitment or like, okay, I can see it's working great. It's great for you. It's great for me. Uh, we're doing great business. Uh, I would like to offer you a position at that point, right? right? Yes. Yeah. I jokingly say my interview process, you'd think you were like trying to, you know, work for the president of the United States. Like there's so many phases of the interview process, but once you're in my world, you really, you know, it, you kind of have the keys to the kingdom. Um, and I'm a pretty loyal long-term person. Um, and so, and I'm very open uh, when it comes to the conversations we have in the team. And um, we all just really feel like a, a family and culture and being a great fit and, also wanting to care and support our clients in the same way and high level that um, I want my clients to feel, um, that's really important to me. So it really has to be the right fit. And so that, again, is a learning from uh, the prior team. So yeah, that's that's so good. That's super good. I think a lot of people go into it like, well, I'm just going to hire someone. They're going to do all these things for me. It's going to be great. But they forget about the relationship part, right? If Like, why should that person work for you? And, and, and a lot of times as leaders, we have to work for them. Like we have to en enable, empower them, you know, to do stuff. And we kind of a lot of times get in the way too. And so if we don't go through that process where the energy and, and the, uh, the energy that drives the work is correct, um, then you have friction and then people just like leave and then you have to go and start over again. And that's very hard. Like the turnover is extremely hard on people. Yes. And I've been very fortunate. Um, so Aaron has been with me really since 2017. Um, and then I had another admin um, that was with me for about three and a half years. And she only left because she her husband was retiring and I helped them sell their home. And um, 
the replacement has been with me a year. Uh, so I feel really fortunate. And I always tell uh, the, the girls on my team is I can't do what I do without you and, and vice versa. Um, so there's, there's never a me, it's always a we. So I can't do and support um, you know, my clients and do the job that I do without my team. They support me and I in turn support yeah. them. So, yeah, I love that so much because, uh, we forget and we go out looking for, um, team members, um, or operational, uh, you know, uh, people that work in our team and, um, some of our best candidates are our clients. <laughs> You know, it's because you loved working with them. They loved working with you. They had a great experience. They're like, hey, what if I could do some of that stuff? And you, do you need help? You know? Yes, I've yet to hire a client, but maybe, maybe that'll happen for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, aside from running your family, which you are becoming uh, empty nester, um, uh, what are other things that you're passionate about in your life? Um, I'm mostly passionate about, well, my family, um, spending as much time with them as I can. I'm fortunate that my girls, for the most part, live close by. My parents live close by. My husband's parents live close by. And um, for me personally, just being outside in nature is probably one of the most grounding uh, things for me personally that helps me recenter um, and, and gives me the ability to kind of decompress from the world, from real estate um, and and reconnect and, and kind of listen to myself um, because your mind is always, always going unless you consciously kind of slow it down um, and, and listen. Yeah, it's not a strange thing, like just because you're outside in nature that you think better and that you're like you, you're part of this world as opposed to if you're alone in a room or something like that, like that just doesn't work, you know, at all. Uh, I know I'm a big fan of it. You and I have that in, in common. I'm out, you know, hiking every single morning and especially, you know, I have my dog. And so um, she always reminds me like, hey, we got to go outside. <laughs> right, right. Yes. It reminds you also that, you know, it's not just you and your world, right? There, there's so much more. Um, around you and it reminds you there's so much more that you could be doing or giving back um, you know and really we're just a small you know fraction and blip on the radar of, of the world yeah right right of 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 the planet you know of our country of right our, you know like our, our solar system, you know, our exactly. Well, when you're dealing with something and you're like, oh, this is the worst thing or I'm in a really hard place or, you know, life feels really hard because sometimes it just does. Sometimes you're dealt at, you know, some cards that, you know, are challenging. Um, but then you can kind of set yourself free essentially and realize like this too shall pass, right? Like there's, there's something greater and bigger than, than me. And, um, you know, it's just an easier, it's, it's my way of kind of resetting myself every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, you've shared so much with us. I know everybody's going to get a lot, you know, out of this, you know, uh, from, you know, the, the geographic location they may consider from a real estate perspective, um, how we run our teams and, you know, and just kind of center ourselves, you know, through nature. Um, but you have a quote that you like to share with the world uh, today and I'd love to hear it and also know what that, you know, means to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is actually also a 
little flag on the front of our garden because we also like to garden. Um, but the quote is, in a world where you can be anything, be kind, um, because you can choose to be whatever you want. You can be successful. You can be a jerk. You can, you can be whatever and however you choose to be. So if you can choose that, why wouldn't you choose to be kind to someone else? Um, so to me, you always have a choice and you can always choose again. Whatever happened 10 minutes ago doesn't have to keep happening emotionally, mentally to you. You can always choose a different frequency. Um, and if you can choose the frequency of kindness, your world changes and the people around you change because your ability to put goodness out into the world, um, you know, is paramount. So that's, that's my favorite quote. It's on the back of my phone. <laughs> Just to <laughs> you prove can it. See it's around for a while. That's right. uh, so that's, that's how I like to try and uh, look through the lens of, of my life is if you could be anything, you should be kind. Yeah, um, I, I love it so much. Um, I used to have someone, a, a close friend of mine, uh, when I do stuff, he would remind me like, don't just do something like you're a human being, not a human doing, <laughs> right? right? You know, so just, that. you know, so do the being and, and uh, the, the kindness of the being, you know, propels you to be more uh, cohesive with yourself and with the world. So I, I just can't, um, can't tell you how much I love, you know, that. And every time I see you, I think of that, you know, it can be anything, just be kind, just be kind. And, um, yes. and, and in real estate, be kind to your fellow agent, like it goes a long way. It doesn't really matter how you're applying that. But um, when you're kind to someone else, it will trickle back to you much faster yeah. than you're Aware. Yeah, total, totally. We're all in the same world, whether you're their agents or, or clients or just average normal people. Um, they're still just people. And so uh, be kind to agents. We forget like, oh, my prospect, my prospect, my clients, my client. Then like there's, you know, a third of the party, you know, that's involved. Yeah. Agent, agent, clients. Right. Absolutely. You know, so. um, yeah. great. Uh, thank you so much. Um, you have so much more to offer, but I want to be respectful for your time. And thank you for being on. And I just appreciate you so much, you know, as a friend, but also as a fellow fellow uh, agent and team leader and um, so much to gain from you. Uh, anyone out there that's watching or listening, um, if you have any questions about any of the things that we mentioned, uh, please reach out to her. Um, if you want to know anything El Dorado Hills area, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous area, um, reach out to her. Um, I have uh, all of her uh, social media stuff you know, down here in the uh, comments. And if you want to see more podcasts like this, um, you can go to the Wisdom Club podcast on all the uh, podcast channels and uh, we will say bye for now thank you thank you thank you Andrea and uh, we will uh, hopefully chat to you uh, chat with you again soon thanks Leo thanks for having me it was such a great conversation today thanks if you enjoyed this podcast make sure that you subscribe to receive notifications of all new episodes and please give us a positive review and if you want to hang out with us live check out our YouTube channel where you can continue the conversations with me and our guests.